BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey guys, this is Stack and Pennies presented by Mobile One. The playoff grid is set. MTJ is a regular season champ and Chris Buescher makes it three in a row on oval tracks. RFK is on fire. We're going to break down my close call of the day. We're going to break down all things Daytona, pit road boats and woes, and some playoff action for you. So buckle up. This is Stacking Pennies. Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're out here stacking pennies. Hello, friends. I'm Corey Joy, driver of the number seven Chevy Camaro, joined by the two amigos. To my left, Mr. Ryan Flores. What's up, amigo? Was back in action this oh, week. Oh, it was a hot one. Oh, my goodness. It was muggy. Were you down there, Danielle? No, I couldn't be there. I wanted to be there. I had a sickling at home I had to take care of. Mm. Playing Shout nurse. out to Robbie. Yeah. He's better, though. He's, he's on the He's men. good to go now. Watching it on TV. Well, all you missed was a lot of humidity. No rain, though. It was great. That was great. That was great. I didn't miss running tires. I was on, like, my eighth set of tires running the pit road, and I'm like, didn't miss this. Yeah, could have been brunching right now. Missed the pit stops, but, could've, yeah. Could have been brunching instead of running tires. Don't lie to me. Okay. When they all came rifling down at 55 miles an hour, did you get a little scared the first time? No. A little bit scared. Not even slightly. Not uh, even, I don't know about that. Not even uh, – not even a little tremor in my foot. Nope, Felt like nothing. you didn't miss a beat. Stoic. Just looked at my car and made it to the jump line. Just jumped off, changed the tires, and then it left. Did you help get that thing on casters and get it loaded up afterwards? No, dude. Golly, that thing was wrecked. What? What's like the process? Like you watch on the big screen and be like, "Oh, I guess we're gonna pack our stuff up now." How's that work? Uh, I went, was watching the big screen, and I was like, "Cool, we're gonna win the stage. We we'll get ready." Like I was getting ready to put four tires on it, and I saw that thing. Hook right into the fence, and I unplugged my gun. That was what I did. I cleaned my socket out and put it away, and then started packing up to leave. Yeah, I was like, okay, there's Warm no up. chance we're fixing this thing. No. Thank God he was okay. Yeah. Like, you don't want to see – that's the second big hit he's taken. Nashville was – I would say Nashville took a toll for sure, but you don't want to see your guy ever hit the fence. You definitely don't want to see him hit the fence that hard the week before the playoffs. and. <sighs> You know this grueling three-week stretch we have coming up, so it was tough, man. I he was he was not happy with Chris Bell, and I wouldn't have been either. Well, Chris, Ty Gibbs, right? Or, no, no Chris Bell. Bell was pushing Ty Gibbs. I watched that wreck back three or four times. I don't think he touched him. I don't know, but I I would. I want to be bet, mad at him, man. I'd don't bet change my mind. I talked bet to a coach. Dollar, he never though. touched him. Coach said that C Bell, they're fine. He said C Bell and Ty flew him on the plane together. They were joking around. Well, I mean, they were trying to. But they were trying to win the stage, pushing. Up, but I don't. Chris th- said he was sorry, so I don't know. I watched it three or four different times. I don't think the twenty hit his bumper. I might be wrong, but I don't think I am. But I don't know. I'm, I would I'm say mad. this. I'm going to be mad. You're not going to change my mind. That's you fine. Want- <laughs> oh, you, you have the right to be mad because 
the 12 took a shot. Yeah. Glad both Ryans took big shots. Ryan Priest, too. Mm. What a magnificent wreck that was. Right. Holy mackerel. Dude. And the narrative over the last 16 months has been the next-gen car is not safe. I'm going to flip the script on that because if, old, if the car we had previous to the next-gen car flips like that one, it's a yard sale, and there's nothing left. And the driver is not okay. We're lucky we didn't hurt Joe Logano bad when he flipped and got hit by a Talladega and got hit by Bubba Wallace, right, with the old car. Yeah. This car, I didn't know, like, I half-ass forgot that race cars could wreck like that. Oh, my God. And you got to, something you got to remember, okay, we see that happen at Knoxville with a 410 sprint car that weighs 1,500 pounds, if that. That thing weighs 30, what, 3,250? No, no, 3,650. 3,6,50. The old cars are 3,250. 3,650 pounds, 20 feet in the air, doing 100 miles an hour. Just flipping like it's a matchbox car. NASCAR was saying it's 190 miles per hour. When that like, thing lift, lifted yeah. off? Five 360 degrees barrels, and then I think 10 total. The worst part is every time that it hit, it hit like a Okay, so it got upside down, then it dug in with the driver's side A-post, right? Like right where he's sitting. Then it hit again on the driver's door. And then the last one, it landed flat on the cage, upside down. So every hit, like you look at kind of the angles and which way his head would be going in the car. And it was the, the, the roof hatch came right off. So he had to be covered in just dirt. Mud. Yeah. And it's just like every way it hit was the worst possible way. So and then he's... Racing this weekend. Got out. It's crazy. Got out. What a miracle. Thank God. I talked to him yesterday. He assured me Nicole Kidman does not work down at Halifax. (laughs) That's what he said. (laughs) No, I don't imagine she does. (laughs) Um, I'm sure he was looking for her. But, man, good to see both those guys walk out unscathed. Because the fans that are sitting on their couch at 8 o'clock on a Saturday night drinking a bush light do not realize how much that hurts. It freaking hurts, dude, to wreck that much, especially head on like that. Like Ryan Blaney did, oh. the substraps feel like they go through your body, and just because we walk out and we kind of like shake it off like a bull rider and you just keep it moving doesn't mean that you're like, oh my goodness, every bone in my body freaking hurts. So that's I'm not gonna say it's nice. It is a realization that this stuff is very very dangerous, and that's a place why people pack it out. It really is. People like to watch the crashes. That's why they go to Daytona and Talladega because they're anticipating something like that. Also, Ryan Ryan Priest missed my bumper by about a half an inch. Oh, I saw that. Oh, it was going to be huge. Could have been you. Yeah. Could have been me, but it wasn't. Uh, what did you top think? Ten. When you, I looked in my like, mirror. I'm like, oh, my goodness. He went for a ride. And then I went down the front stretch, and I was like, it was under caution. So I was looking at the big screens. There's three of them on the front stretch. And I was like slowing down to like turn my head to look at the big screen like, Holy, <laughs> what a wreck! Because every single, especially the one that was in turn three, looking back down of just that thing, just <laughs> I was like, I can't believe, and I, I would be, I would like reach up and like pull my belts a little bit tighter, like here we go. I don't want this to be me. <laughs> I bet. Hey, uh, what do you think about looking back at it now? Like, thank God he's good. Car did its job. NASCAR's gonna look at it continue to make improvements. But I was thinking like, you guys still had to finish a race. When you see something like that, how easy is it to just shake that off and dial back in? So I heard some murmurs after the race of 
some people not being quite as aggressive. I Eve's dropped a couple conversations. Heard heard one uh, yesterday about their guy saying mm, I might just be content to ride here. I was not one of those people because I get paid for the last lap, not the all the other laps before that. So I think that's just for me how I look at it is just part of part of the game. But it seemed like this race was less or was more tame and more respectful than previous super speeded races have been in the past. The the less less bump drafts in bad spots. You saw a lot less guys get turned on like the straightaways like we've seen at some previous races. So I think after that, there's at least some consideration to when you drag a little bit of break when you're approaching somebody to hit them more so than what it had been where it's just like, let's drive through this guy and try to make some momentum. But I don't think that that's a factor in majority of our brain. There's already a couple screws loose when it comes to driving race cars 200 miles an hour. So I'd kind of chalk it up to that. I saw a frosty take that I would like your opinion on. Somebody said, and a couple people had said this, they said, has this, not, has this run its course yet? Can we stop with super spirit racing? And that's no. where, that's where I am on the fence. And like Ryan Priest said, Ryan Priest is a racer's racer, right? He, he tweeted out right after that. If you're going to drive race cars, you gotta be tough. So, at what point, like, I feel like those four races throughout the year and call it six now with Atlanta is the time when you're like, yeah, it's pretty dangerous to be a race car driver. It's safer now than it's ever been. For sure. But there's still, like you said, a little bit of that bull rider aspect. You don't go ride bulls and get mad when you get kicked in the ribs. No. Right? Like, happens. part of it. You're signed up to do it. So, I, I, I was interested on your take on there, And there's a reason why when you roll through the tunnel at Richmond, it's a little bit different than when you roll through the tunnel of Daytona, right? Because you know you weigh the risk, you know the reward, and you know what comes about it if you are the best guy that day. You also, it's pretty apparent when you roll through there that that was the guy last time somebody rolled through that tunnel on the on the flip side of that, right? So, like, you just, you kind of look at, now it's not like every time you roll through the tunnel, it's like, oh, Dale passed away, Neil, Neil Bonnet, you start racking up the, the names of guys, but... You know that inherently that racing is a dangerous sport and places like that that's revered, it's like even more of a realization like, okay, like I have to, even though it looks easy from the from the people in the grandstands or on TV, like there is still skill involved to keep yourself somewhat safe and your competitors somewhat safe and also be competitive. So I can tell you it doesn't look easy at home. Yeah. Which, I think y'all are badasses. That's what I think. I mean, watching you guys go three wide, 12 rows deep, I'm like, I'm nervous sitting on my couch. I don't know how y'all do it. There's a, that was, that was definitely hectic for sure. I'm like, you're just waiting on one guy to make a bobble and wipe out 10. Speedway racing has tightened up quite a bit. I think I had an interesting, maybe realization a bit of where I feel like the, the rear view camera hurts speedway racing because you can see so clearly behind you you can cover you can cover lanes and block easier yeah chase taped his up because the camera got sideways or yeah. something yeah so but does that it wasn't a distraction after that i guess if you don't yeah if you don't have it you just yeah. don't look at it but you can see so clearly behind you the camera it's almost like i drove that arca car at watkins Glen, right and you can you can't see anything but the roof behind you yeah and i was thinking about it this week of like Oh, you can see so much clearly with the cup car behind you that it's all it makes covering the runs way way easier. I would be team 
no rearview camera. We're not going to go back on that because that's just the progression of the sport. But yeah. there are several factors I think that you can do to put a little bit of the sport, like a little bit of gamesmanship, back into to speeder racing. People can talk about tapered spacer and spoiler height and this and that, but there's some overall broad topics of like spotters are better, drivers are better. People understand how to make track position at speedways. People know how to play the fuel game at speedways to leapfrog other guys that don't. So speedway racing has definitely look is look looking different now. In the race was 2023. No. You could go from the back to the front. Yeah, you can that, be aggressive on the top and make some stuff happen. I think with three to go in the stage, in stage two, before we got augured in the fence, we were going to win the stage, but I think he was like ninth or tenth. And that's what was so upsetting is whoever wins speedway races is the car that loses track position and always cycles to the front. Yep. And I think the last two speedway races we went to, it was kind of the same car stayed at the front the whole time. This one, there you were three, four wide. Handling came into effect. Saw a nine car about cause a big wreck. He got tight off a of four one yeah, time. Huge. So you could see you know, whose cars were working better, whose were faster. And that's why it was such a bummer. I think when our car got destroyed is like, man, that was, that was a car that really could have won this God, race. You guys always have rocket ships at the speedways. Hassler, bro. Always. Yeah. I wish I'm I could jealous. say I wish I could say I had yeah. anything to do with that. I, I'm jealous take of how credit, fast but I have of nothing Ryan to do Blaney's with cars are at speedways. Speaking Cause of- I'm, on the flip side, he does mine a good was job not too. much he of does. a rocket ship. Yeah, we qualified 37th, which is a little bit dejecting, which we don't put a whole lot of effort because it takes a lot of time to stack up the pennies of all the little things that make you know a, a car efficient through the air to qualify well, single car at a speedway. And it's apparent when you qualify 37th out of 39 that it's not very, very high up on our team's priority list to make that area strong. Cause we can just get it up there and jam it in the, in the pack and hopefully have a good day. But now even more so than ever, I feel like you have to have a car that's got some potential speed in it. If you want to be on the offensive and make those types of runs to be able to lead a line, didn't feel like I was fast enough to really lead a line. So I was a bit more defensive than I wanted to be. And I had to put myself in like a kind of a safe spot, hopefully miss a Rex. But you know, I was trying to think back cause we're trying to do a chorus close call the week each and every week. Uh, and the only one that I felt like I was super excited about was the last lap. And we had run, we got kind of pinned on like sixth or seventh on the bottom lane on that green, white checkered. And we were in position to finish probably 15th to 17th. And I got, somebody was on my right rear quarter panel into three and it separated me from Ty who I was pushing. And there was like in the middle of three and four, I'm like, ah, oh, shucks, we're going to finish, you know, 15th, 16th. And the 34 was coming with a run and I in the middle, and I pulled up in front of it, and it was like the thing had freaking nitrous oxide. And out of turn four, I just kept it wide open up through the middle, which everybody on the white flag at a speedway just commits to holding it wide open, whether you flip, whether you end up on fire, or you cross the start finish line. And the seas kind of parted. And I passed like five guys in the span of like 200 yards. And I looked at the pylon. And I was like, hell yeah, that's top 10. And then you look over at the pylon or like the, the TV board on the left. And you're like, where to finish? Yes, got it. 10th. Yeah. Because for me, 11th. 10th sounds tenth, so much A better. big financial difference. Oh, it and is? And we stack some pennies on that one. Really? Yeah. <laughs> How sketchy. Just one spot? Yeah. Top 10 Bigger bonus. Chance. Well, there's, there's ladders, right? 11th to 14th. Right, 11, right, 11th right. to 15th. 
6 to 10th. Sorry, Ty. Because wasn't it a 10-11 for Spire? It was. He, he got yeah. out and he was like, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> How sketchy is it? It was a good day for team overall. Huh? Like, it looks sketchy, like, slowing down there. Yeah, because you don't really yeah. know the pace if somebody's going to lift or they're yeah. going to hit the brakes. Yeah, because th- that's why you see a lot of guys wreck after the checkered because somebody lifts faster than what you think. Or you're racing somebody to the line and some the guy in front of you lifts and you're yeah, just like, driving the back. They end. don't realize that you're coming behind them. Right. And they just like, yeah, my race over. Speaking of stacking pennies, this is going to be my penny stacker of the week story, but uh, I'm going to move it up in the show because I said it three times this weekend and cried every time, so I'm just going to try not to cry this time. So we had Team Nugo on the car, which we had three families at the racetrack this week, all of uh, courageous kids either through pediatric cancer, they beat it, rung the bell, or they're currently going through it, and we, they bring their siblings and they bring their families and show them a great time. So there was – a kid named Virgil there. He was two and a half and his dad, he was a huge Corey fan years ago before he even had a son. So when he followed the podcast, he followed social media. And when Virgil got diagnosed and then we, so that he got diagnosed, started going through his battle. We start, we did the partnership with team Nigu and Spire. Virgil's dad wrote to Spire or to team Nigu. This is one of our, like these are both of my passions coming together, right? Team Nigu, who's been supporting our family through this journey, and my favorite NASCAR driver. And so team so Nigu says, Hey, what where are you guys out of? We're out of Florida. You're gonna come to Daytona. Absolutely. That was like six, eight months ago. So uh the last Virgil is gets his goes to the hospital, gets his clear scan, rings the bell. Walking out of the uh, hospital, they find a heads-up penny literally walking out of the hospital. So his dad picks it up. No Virgil way. picks it up. And they keep it on him to eventually give it to me one day whenever, if they ever met me. So I got to meet that family, and they told me that story and gave me that penny. And freaking started. Ball. One of those that, like, just chokes you up. So I took the penny and helicopter taped to the dashboard this weekend. Uh, so, yeah, Virgil's had the penny, brought us a little bit of luck for a top 10. So that was pretty cool. Wow. Um, thank you, Virgil. Thank you, Virgil. He's the penny stacker of the year. <laughs> um, How of the old century. is that little guy? Two and a half. Oh, he's oh, a man. little, little guy. Little guy, yeah. Freaking loving it. Just smashing the diecast car all around the week. He oh, was? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so that was cool, man. That also gives great perspective over yeah. the weekend of just, you know, as much as this as much as I want to be great at driving race cars, it gives perspective of like the real hardships people are fighting for. So to bring hope to guys like that, to show those guys a great time at the racetrack and to be a good representative for those guys and give them a great run makes you feel warm and fuzzy. So that was my close call and penny stack of the week early. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Do your pennies stretch as far as they used to? Most likely it doesn't. Here's why. It took 200 years for the U.S. to print its first $5 trillion. 
today, Washington has done that in just three years. The problem, every new dollar makes each one of your dollars worth less, robbing you and every other hardworking American. But you can stop this cycle of robbery by diversifying your IRA or 401k into gold, an asset that has stood the test of time. Our new sponsor, Birch Gold Group, has helped tens of thousands of Americans protect their retirement savings with physical precious metals. Now you can too. Get a free info kit on gold right now by texting the word Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, to 989-898. With an A-plus rating, with the BBB, you're in good hands with Birch Gold. So get your free info kit by texting Corey to the number 989-898. Go check them out. Put some pennies in some gold. Danielle, what you? so you watched the race from home as you were the caregiver for your husband, yeah. Robbie. He was down and out. What did you take about the race? I mean, couple storylines. Bubba's in. I haven't like Chase I've, is kind of in, but yeah, mostly out. I haven't been this excited for a cup race. Like I was like squealing when the green. Like I was like, oh my god, <laughs> <gasps> like I was so. We talked about it being like a game seven moment. Like I was like nervous. Yeah, I was like, oh my, like you feel it. Like I was like, this is gonna be unbelievable. Like don't ever leave Daytona, First. like for regular season finale. It's great. God, it created so much drama. Yeah. I call I said I thought Bubba was gonna I thought Bubba was gonna hold on. Because I feel like some of the best plate racers were in. Via by points or they'd already locked in. Yeah. And we saw a repeat winner in Chris Busher. And I had a good feeling like if Bubba could hang on, drive a clean race, I started to get a little nervous for you know, until Seabell kinda took out Ty Gibbs. And then Bubba just kinda had to Finish. execute. And yeah. Denny said he didn't really have it. Like that battle, I was kind of hoping played out a little between he and Martin Truex for the regular yeah. season championship was a little bit more down to the wire. But yeah. like Truex locked it up pretty early. But for a guy that for a guy that didn't make it or win a race last year to have the kind of turnaround he did, I thought was pretty unbelievable. What do we think that is? They didn't change much. Twenty three. I mean, no, nineteen. Oh, they're nineteen. Yeah. It's little things, right? It's a little well, bit everywhere. And, and this it's... might not be factual, so so interject. Didn't he finish fourth in points last year, and there was just so many winners he got bumped out? Mm. They didn't have a great year last year. I don't know. I'm going to say with enough conviction it might be true, but I, they, they yeah, they didn't win a race in regular season. They didn't yeah. win a race all season. No. There was a lot of winners last year. They had they had their struggles. Yeah. Um. They have definitely been stronger this year. I think Martin is the type of guy that, when he has confidence, he's dangerous. For sure. And the Toyotas have been better this year just all around. The Fords have been worse, so that gets some more cars out of the way for him. But, yeah, they're they're a team. That's a strong team. Strong James Smalls is smart. And it just takes a little bit of, like you said, a little bit of right rear toe. Dude. A blade it, it, of bar. Like it's a small thing. And when you stumble upon the car working well and you give a driver like that confidence – yeah, give them a feel. Yeah, a good pit crew, and that's what you know. They that's can go on. They can they can win a lot of races, and everybody damn near got out of his way, right? It was like the points leader at the time. Just like the one car was the points leader, and they had a rough stretch. We were the points leader, and we had a rough stretch, and he just was consistent through the end of the summer. Yeah. So. What'd you guys think of Bubba holding on, making it? That was a pretty emotional moment. MJ. It's pretty cool. Yeah. 
I was happy for Bubba. And I, I did see that, that Denny said that MJ's been a bit more involved since he sold the Hornets. Yeah. Or so the majority equity of, of, of the Hornets. So that's cool, man. And I I do love the fa- we're we're gonna miss out on some energy of, of the fan base not being super interested in the playoffs with Chase not being eligible for the driver's championship. But I think there's also people, whether you like them or not, tune in to see how Bubba does. Good, bad, or indifferent, right? And the only guy whose name was on the ticker underneath Sports or Sports Center this week about making the playoffs was Bubba Wallace, right? So like it or not, Bubba Wallace moves the needle for the sport. He has this many playoff points, which isn't going to bode very well for him. Zero, yeah. Zero. So it's going to be tough maybe to get to the round of 12, but beyond that, you better, you better really First round's good for him. They're good at Darlington. He's won at Kansas. Yep, Bristol. Let me ask you this, because people talk about how big it is to make the playoffs all the time, like how big a deal it is for that team, for any team. What does it do inside the walls of an organization? What does it – what are the incentives? Okay, great. He makes the playoffs. He's running for a championship. Does it make it easier to sign sponsors? More money coming through the door? Why is it such a big deal? Yes, all of it. I mean, there, there's so many, there's so many things, but I, I don't even think it's so much. It, it's not a. Uh, I don't think those guys are popping champagne bottles here on Tuesday that they made the playoffs because they have the tools and and budget and resources to expect to make the playoffs. It would be a tremendous letdown internally if one of those two don't make it. Let alone if uh, you know. I think that that's the level of what they are supported by their partners. Toyota and their drivers are, are equipped to not have an excuse not to be one of those top 16 guys. So, you know, we, we haven't really seen Tyler Reddick make a lot of noise the last couple of weeks, but those guys can pop. I mean, we, like you said, they're great at Kansas. Uh, and Tyler, Tyler Reddick can show up any week and if they hit on it, can be a contender for the win for sure. But yeah, it's not, it's not surprising to me to, to see both cars from 2311 in the playoffs because those guys are, that's a stout, stout team. Yeah, so I I would say for a team to be you at the beginning of the year, if you ask any team, especially a well-funded team, what their goal is is to win a championship, make playoffs, win a championship. So it's not. I would say the effect of making the playoffs is not as important as what the repercussions of not making the playoffs are, right? Because like I've been on teams that miss the playoffs, or when you get knocked out of the playoffs, you just feel like your year's over. And there's still a grueling stretch of races that go 10 weeks straight with some of our toughest racetracks. And I think we saw in the past where when we could all build our own race cars, where resources would just go to the teams that were in the playoffs at that point. But last year we fired off the first two races of the playoffs were non-playoff drivers that won. But being on, being on teams like I'll take the two car for instance, right? when they they're a team that you have penciled in to make the playoffs and when they don't it's it's a lot of wind out of the sails and that's when you see stuff like a crew chief swap or people getting moved around you start you start thinking about what you're going to do differently your race team because the goal for everybody is to win a championship make the playoffs have a deep playoff run and put yourself in position to win the championship and a lot of teams do have financial incentives where your sponsor pays x amount and they also you get a this is the how much you get when you make the playoffs or if you make the playoffs or if you win a race. So I never take it for granted to be in the playoffs because it's like super, it's inputs the pinnacle of sport, right? If you're one of the top 16 playoff teams, you're, you're doing it. 
and it's just a different level and you kind of swim through that last five weeks hell i took it off the last five (laughs) weeks of the season where you know like you're on ir yeah you know you go to michigan you have backwards pit stops but now it's like all right we're in it let's go okay so flip side of that then how do you think chase in the nine feels weird spot um you know because at the end of the day all the money filters through the owner's championship. The nine cars in the owner's championship. Thanks in part to you. <laughs> yeah, I really. Jordan later, Taylor. Yeah, later. Shout out Josh Berry. Yeah. And and shout out Alan Gustafson for taking uh, all yeah. these different guys, myself being on that list, and just treading water, right, with your guy being out, with the inconsistency of who's in the car each and every week. And he's under a lot of hate from a very passionate Chase Elliott fan Bro. base. If you are hating on Alan Goop, I love the way you say it. I know, I do too. I love how you say it. If you hate him, like, don't listen. Hey, hey, he wasn't snowboarding a. There's a large portion of the fan base, though, that thinks he should be fired, which I think is just absurd. absurd. Yeah. Your driver's not in the playoffs because he broke his leg snowboarding. Yeah. That's why he's not in the playoffs. Yeah, it's not the So, like, don't say anything to Alan Gustafson at all. But Bubba is not in the owner's championship. So and and Flip Reddick, what he was last year, right? Yeah, good point. And Reddick is so like if you're twenty three eleven or you're Hendrick, how do you deal with that? Like you're in the owners, but you're not in the drivers. Who gets the best of what? Does anyone take priority over the other? I think it's all the same now. You know, you used to have cars that had a little bit better, equal, right? You know, like this one has a little a more downforce, yeah. or this one's got our latest underbody. This one's got you know the updated geometry. Now it's everything's the same. Yeah. So if you find something, say that you find a geometry that's better, you just go change the shims in the other car. Exactly. And, and the, those cars, especially being over there, you know, two, three days at Hendrick to see how meticulous they are of every detail. And, you know, they're two or three, they're working on their, their Kansas car, right? Their Faro Arm and their Kansas car, probably even their Bristol car. They're that far out and they're that prepared where there's not one piece of any four of those cars, regardless of where they're at in standings not getting equal to the other ones. Now there's tendencies of this crew chief and that crew chief, and they got their own little touches on their own car. Right. But generally speaking, there's no different center link that they're going to try that. There's no oil tank. That's got a little more downforce. There's no body that blows a little bit better. So there's, there's not as so much of that. And I also don't think if you're in any playoff, whether it's driver or owners, the intention in which you prepare is the same. And even for us, we're what 25th in points. Like, I challenge my team, even though we have, we still have a lot to race for, points and pay and all that stuff to come along with it. But like the last year or two, I'm like, guys, just because we're not in the in the playoffs doesn't mean we can't act like it's our own. Like like ten weeks, let's we can pass four or five guys in points. Let's lock in here and and act like we're in a pressure situation of the playoffs. And that might sound dumb to say, but you have to prepare that way. If we pop off a win next year and we find ourselves in there it's not new or the amount of in- intensity that we bring to the racetrack uh is new or it's you know it- it's pressure because guys like denny like harvick the guys that have decades of playoff experience that stuff adds up of just how to internalize and deal with the pressures of the media and expectations uh for a new team that's all that's all uh you know, stuff that kind of gets exposed over those 10 weeks, which brings us to the next point, RFK, talking about a team out of nowhere. Chris Buescher with the fourth most playoff points leading into the, into the playoffs. Love to see it. 
Yeah, if he – I mean, if, Love we, to see. if we went to the championship four today, he'd be in it. Yeah, but we don't. Well, Can he make it, it? And it started five weeks ago at Richmond. Yeah. So it's been – you know, he's he's clicked off. Three you know, wins in the last five weeks. It's pretty, Which pretty impressive. Which is – whoever came up with this marketing campaign, like their fifth, third bank. <laughs> and so it was three wins – I was like, three wins in five weeks? Fifth, I was like, that's – that's a little hanging fruit. Don't give them that much credit. I uh, think hey, it's pretty cute. Hey, like, I wouldn't have I'm thought of it. I switch my accounts over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think about Brad being married to him there at the end? Do you think he was? Yes. I, I, I think that. If like, his name's not in the building, you're definitely seeing a pullout. To I've been with race. Brad. I, I've i been with Brad when there was questionable teammate moves. Yeah. Right? I've been on a car. That his name was on the building. But, yeah, do you think he learned from, from those mistakes? Like what happened with Joey in the day 2500 and 20, no. what was that, 2020? Because he doesn't stand to benefit from Joey Logano in the day 2500. He stands a lot to be gained with his team car, the one he owns winning a race or Daytona 500 for that, uh, you know, point in case where that would, if you know that for your overall company with 100 employees, if you are content to finish second for the financial benefit of your team and you also are getting a piece of that financial benefit from pushing them, you'd be a little more apt to push them. When but, does he make that business decision, though? Like, you went back and watched the final two laps. Um, into three, where you probably look around and realize if you make a move, then you're probably both not going to win, you know, something like that. Because Brad is also – like. Every single other race car driver in the field is selfish and you want to go get the best finish for yourself and your team on that day. But I think that he's realized that the only way, the best way that RFK as is is an entire company could could benefit to finish potentially one, two, was to just push the hell out of him and stay married to him to the start finish line. So little bit. I was a little bit surprised to not see, you know, when those guys got pushed out in the short shoot coming to the line that he didn't try to duck yeah. out and side draft them and, and potentially I'm, race it out. But if his name's on the side of the building, he definitely does. Maybe he needed like, a, like, you know, how they put those big pictures in the lobby. Maybe he just needed a, yeah. Like, push he it want, he needs a new picture in the lobby. Yeah, a, but it a, felt like he looked to do it on the white flag lap and the four was there. Brad wasn't looking to pass him out of two. The four no. was trying to side draft him and almost turned him. Yeah. They just kind of bounced off of each other. Yeah. The and Brad and was Brad almost also, Brad was almost making the move to take the bottom momentum away. So yeah, to cover it. Cover. But he wasn't looking to pass seventeen because he also knows that if you are going to make a move in your second, you don't make it until two hundred yards before the start finish line. Yes, on it's the out way of four. coming to the checker. The rule usually for teammates. I'm going to spoil this for everybody at home. The rule for teammates is out of four, then you race. Yeah. Get out of four, and then you race. Or because you know, you know, at that point, if one of you two better one win, one of you two is going to win. Yeah. Unless you wreck each other in the trial. Yeah. Then you're going to get an ass you. No doubt. But sounds like you can hear about it more. There's an RFK feature on YouTube dropping a Wednesday. So tune in there. Brad will tell you all about it. I'm sure he will. Go check out Bradley and RFK and the recent hot streak those guys have been on on NASCAR's YouTube page. I just love Daytona, man. It's freaking awesome. I'm still a little bit on the fence that that race might have to go to Atlanta and we go back to Daytona 4th of July. You're saying people that, are frosty. Oh. I feel like you're the one that's frosty. I don't know. We what talk your, about that a well, lot. Merriman's all, Mer- Merriman has been on the show, so he's got some frosty taste. Do you not, but do you not, did you not like Daytona in July? 
I loved it. Me too. And I remember like Chip Wall like gave me like crap about it. Like, why can't you get on board? Because I was like mad. Like on the radio, I was here? mad about it. Did I was it like, move? Chip, yeah. Yeah. I was like, you are breaking tradition, bro. Like you can't Atlanta. do this is American. <laughs> Atlanta's sitting there. And he's like, give it a chance. I'm telling you. And like, I'm in. Yeah, yeah it, cool. like it was I like pretty. It I, I like it too, where you know Daytona is getting weathered, it's getting bumpy, it's getting you know obviously hot and slick at the end of the summer, and handling does come in, into play, which is why you saw three wide racing, unlike you do at at some other places that we go to at a speedway. It was a good concoction for a race. Yeah, only two cautions, but the two that were obviously we talked about big cautions. But yeah, Huge. I thought it was a, I thought it was a good race. What what about trucks? trucks at milwaukee was that a good race sparks uh, wants to you want to bring cup cars there I or not would. sparks skip oh yeah i'm not ryan spark ryan floors <laughs> we got a lot no. of ryan's yeah, we got a lot, we got a lot of ryan's in your life i i think i'm on the side of the fence that we need to go everywhere except for daytona talladega and martinsville uh once so i think if we you know take a date away from kansas and go to milwaukee like Bristol dirt race, you go, you know, different places. I, I would, I think it's better for the markets. Most of the markets that we go to, to go there once. And if you can get a race in Milwaukee, right? Pretty good market. Pretty good market. Will the race be great? I think Milwaukee's a hybrid of Loudon and gateway. It got, it got wide. It got really wide. The rate, they, they race side by side. It seemed like it was challenging to complete the pass. If we, if we get the short track package, you know, tuned up on this race car it could be a really great place to go that's race ready so I, yeah yeah i'm always down Finger, for new places big, big week this week in terms of gms race and announcing that this will be the last yeah. year in the truck series what's it been a decade or so since they've been fielding trucks so you hate to see them go and obviously they it's essentially legacy motor club but gms racing is the truck side and the arca side so it, it's got to feel good for grant to be able to deliver those guys a win and also a ticket into the next round of the playoffs. I'll tell you what everyone on Sirius at least is talking about with trucks in Milwaukee is Majeski and what they're doing with tires. Bleeders. Mm. They frown What's going to happen to Joe? Want to be getting in trouble? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He has a drill, little drill bit action? No valve stems of some sort. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, they, they really frown upon that. So uh, it's a, it, Well, it's like a circle, right? It comes back around every couple of years. It's yeah. not a new thing, right? Uh, and some, then it's, you, well, you, yeah, you kind of look like, have they been checking valve stems? And then somebody yeah. got the balls to do it, and like, ooh. Well, then some, and, then, and then someone out of nowhere just starts hauling ass, and you're yeah. like, all right, bring that wheel and tire to the dunk tank. And they've been the one. Yeah. Like, oh, IRP. Nashville. Rap, uh, Nashville, Richmond. Who's his crew chief? Joe, Joe Shear. Oh, yeah, old school short track yeah. guy. Oh, he ain't for scared. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's I've, been, a, I've been chewed out before. I've been chewed out before. <laughs> he, he's getting chewed out now for <laughs> sure. But, hey, you got to love a little ingenuity. Interested to see what kind of penalties come with the 98 truck this week. I'm but sure yeah, they won't be late on him. They will not be late. Especially, you know, he, win, he won IRP, which p- puts him into the next round of the playoffs. Yeah. Mm. And they find it the following week. Yeah, but know. they didn't find it that week. They didn't find it that week. If your team's doing something, Corey, do you want to know? Do you know? One, we we can't financially afford to do anything out in the gray area, so we just built box stock cars, which generally qualify 37th at Daytona. So with that being said, we give up a little bit in terms of just overall pace because we don't like to even step toe in the gray area because it's just 
for us as a team trying to build and trying to just create a name and reputation in the garage, we just don't even don't even go there. Messing around with the next gen car is a lot different than messing around with the truck too. Like the next gen car is suited to not you don't cheat. Yeah. Right. And I think we saw yeah. a little bit of that. That's why what happened. But I would like to know. earlier in the year. You I would, would like want to know. know for sure. Really? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I like a, a little. Yeah, I like a little. You're a car guy. You'll live on the edge. Yeah. Like I want to be in, in on the action. Yeah. You know? Like what are we doing? Hey, let me know. You want to know all about the drama? Yeah. Hey, speaking of, I don't. I'm not saying. I'm not calling it ingenuity. We'll just say skew. Stuart Haas cars. We were talking about this on spare change. Yeah. And you were like, they might have to give something up. They did. You know, but they did. Things handled well. Yeah. Yeah. They had speed all night too. They just couldn't capitalize with track position, and I don't know if they just didn't work together great or they got broken up. But um, I saw Kevin Harvick in the airport after. I'm like, man, I thought you were going to get him one. He goes, it just, it didn't work out in terms of blue ovals pushing them once you get the 17 and the six married to each other you need you needed really and truly a teammate and it didn't seem like the hendrick cars were fast enough to really push and and chevy's atta- couldn't stay push attached. like fords either right yeah i mean they what was eight especially of the top at the end qualifying there a ford so i thought chase had the help he needed to i'm like oh it's gonna line up good Dude, he's got it, the five 48 was close by. Well, the five was a lap down, still still yeah. committed to him, right? So it just they never could they never could get to the front lead of line. Mm. Oh, I would love to see freaking Kevin Harvick get a dub in his last trip at Daytona. Does he get a win in the last ten? I hope um, he does. I don't know, man. There ain't much good. But there ain't much good coming out of Storehaus. There ain't much good being said about Storehaus. There's a lot of distractions over there. But if there's any team. From there right now, that could do it. It's that four-team, Rodney. How deep do they go? Um, Second to last seed. He's seeded 15th with 2,004 points. William Byron and Martin Truex are the leaders with 2,036 points. He would have – I mean, he's – he. These the first three tracks are tracks he's been good at. You know, last year what took he's him out of this – He's good at all the tracks. But, but what took him out of this last year is a rocker panel fire. Right, we've got that fixed. Yeah, right. yeah. So that changed the complexion of his playoff. You don't. I've learned long enough. Like you don't pull in Superman's cape, and he's one of those kind of Superman guys. So I would be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if he got knocked out in the first round. I wouldn't be surprised if he went to the championship four. Yeah, like it can go either way for him. Yep. Do you guys feel like this is one of the deepest playoff fields we've ever had? It's one of the mm. deepest Cup fields overall, start to like top to bottom. There's two cars, three cars that any given week you can see up in the top 15 and not be surprised, right? You see Todd Gillen in the top 15. It's like, oh, Todd had another good run. And he's 27th in points. You see, like, there's legitimately the the strength of the overall field, top to bottom, is strongest it's ever been, no question. And then, in which case, makes the top 16 cars even that much stronger or potent. So, yeah, I don't – the top of the spear is always going to be the best of the best. And I think it, when you're talking about that, there can be, at the drop of a hat, seven to eight guys who can get on a roll the last five or six races of the year and find themselves in the championship four and win the championship. There's no outliers. Yeah. There's nobody and, – and it changes week to week. And you're, you're one mistake, right, hitting the fence, bending a toe link, leaving a wheel loose bad strategy call away from not being able to make it up you can't make it up 
right back when we had the big three and Toyotas were dominant one year and Chevys were dominant one year. Like the big talk has been that Fords aren't very good. Well, they've went on a streak right now with the 34 and the 17 six car running good. Like everybody. I don't remember anyone saying Ford was on fire last year. And, and Joey, Joey Logano, Logano was our nowhere, champion. Right? Yeah. Like, and that's exactly that's Penske's mo for when like I felt like like he's my dark horse. Like no one's talk. No offense, no, but no, no one's really talking about Penske right now. Nobody is, and they shouldn't like, be. What? They haven't won. They we, we like as a team, Penske hasn't run great. But the problem is for everybody else. Uh, I feel like when you have a bad six race stretch before the playoffs, you're not going to keep guys like Paul Wolf and. Travis Keisler, they have a smart people at Penske that are going to write that ship and they'll be stronger for this 10 week stretch. Yeah. But you got to survive, especially when you have no playoff points. For sure. Well, that being said, who, who's your forks? I'm sure you've already figured it out, penciled it in. Who do you like? It sounds kind of boring, but I spent a lot of time going through like results, past results, especially with the next gen, like at the, playoff tracks and Phoenix specifically to pick my champion. Cause I knew William Byron, Martin Truex, Denny Hamlin were going to be in my three. And then I was like looking at the fourth and the fourth was a little tougher. Like who was the last guy in was like, like bell. As long as Homestead Miami is in the last three races of the year, you just Sharpie in Kyle Larson. And that's who I went yeah. with. <laughs> like, that's who I went with. Sharpie yeah. Larson's really? my fourth. Yeah. So who's your, so who's your, who's your first three? Uh, so my fourth. four is Byron, Truex, Denny, who oh, okay. are the top and three in points. Five. And then my fourth was Larson. And then looking at Phoenix numbers, ultimately, who did I go with? I went with Larson. Yeah. yeah. I I feel like, and I thought about this long and hard when you kind of sent out that text, like, all right, let's, let's take, or let's go with our championship four pick. And I feel like being in the playoffs, like I'm a little bit too close to the fire that I don't want to touch it. Because I'm a big proponent in believing in the race and gods. And I don't want to, I don't want to go there. I want to focus on the 12 car and make it in the next round, especially where we're only one point to the buffer. So uh, I, the 24 has been strong. The Well, I'm not the playoffs. So the 19 has been strong, all those guys, but I don't know that there's hell. It'd be hard tonight. Like you could talk about Brad too. You know, the stretch of races that we have coming up and he's good everywhere. So, well, I said a week ago, I mean, Byron's never made it out of the round of eight. And, like, last week you were like, how do you not look at Byron to be the guy? Yeah. But look at his summer. If he keeps I that mean, beard, he is the guy. <laughs> He's that beard. dude with the beard. It's looking better each week. Billy Beard? It's coming me? in. If he keeps a, if he grows a playoff beard, if he keeps that thing going, maintain, oil it up every now and then, Billy Beard is my pick for championship, ladies and gentlemen. Don't even need the other four. That's your Willie's pick. Willie's the guy. He's really? Yeah. Who are your other three? No, it doesn't matter. The losers. <laughs> Congrats on making it to Phoenix. You lost. <laughs> yeah, don't matter. I really. I, You're he's on confident. one this year. Yes, dude. His summer has been so inconsistent. Like it was like win at Atlanta Peak. And it was like twenty fourth, eleventh, twelfth, twenty first. Like it just started to go like up and I don't know. I don't know that anyone. That's what makes it so hard. There hasn't been anyone that's just gone on like a heater where you're just like, oh. Yeah. Well, because everyone all kind of like it's, goes. It's week by week of who brings a good yeah. car that week or not. If you're going off championship favorites off the last five weeks, it's Chris Boucher. Yeah. Go like, ahead and give him the trophy. <laughs> I, I, give him the Bill France Cup. He you know, comes in seated fourth with 2021 bone. I mean. He won the last 
short track we went to. Which any Phoenix any one Bristol last year. Watch out, ladies and gentlemen. You're calling Ooh. Chris Busher? No, I'm not. I'm not calling him. But I'm just saying, if you're looking at what it what's being, going I would on. love to see that 17 underdog cool. into the championship four. I hate it for him. He's going to get beat, beat by William Byard. That's <laughs> what it is. The last two years, I've picked Denny, and I'm just not going to do it. I'll go. I okay, like... I'll give you four just to Thank play you. this game. William Byron, Chris Busher, MTJ, and Kyle Larson. You're leaving out Dennis. Yeah, we're how many playoff points? Third. Yeah, I mean, hey, like he uh, he's having a strong year. I just I think he would be the he would be the guy that would, and he gets around Homestead well too. But if Kyle Larson does have a problem, he's gonna win in Homestead. Like the way he drives that place is unbelievable. Just go back and Tyler look at his in car cam. Tyler Reddick's good too. He is not Kyle Larson. No. Their pit crew scares me. Like I believe in Tyler, Tyler so much, and they have so much speed. But like, they are not. I don't know if they've made changes, and maybe they're moving guys around. But I don't maybe know. Maybe we what can break doing, those but... down on pit road boats and woes. Playoff pit road boats and woes coming right up. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. For me, race day is a great reason to shut down the laptop, put the phone on silent, and simply enjoy the driving. But Mobile One wants to remind you that you can get that same kind of escape any day of the week. How? By simply hopping in your car, rolling the windows down, and hitting the road. No emails, no calls, no work, just freedom. Mobile One, for the love of driving. All right, guys, time for Pit Road Boats and Woes. We crowned a regular season champion in Martin Trex Jr., but if we had to crown a hypothetical regular season pit crew champion, who would you give that award to? There's a lot to pick from. If we're going off of just pure speed, it'd probably be the 54 team. Which, breaking news oh, this yeah. week. Yeah, we'll get to that, but it looks like they got switched to the 20. The 24 could be your hypothetical champs. Yes. And a team that I think hasn't gotten talked about enough is the 17 team. Like I said, they've won four races now with the Daytona 500, starting with the 47. They've swept Daytona. And, uh, yeah, they're a young team, and they got moved up you know from the 47 to a house car for a reason and uh i think a lot of those guys it's kind of their first time as a you know in a playoff run so i'm excited to see you know how they step up to the plate i forgot about that so how long after the daytona 500 ricky lost his pit crew what a couple weeks later right yeah within the first 10 weeks of the season i'd say and they went to the 17 yeah they just swapped the full team i think they left the fueler but for the pick. Look at them now. Yep. Hey. It's dogs out there. Dogs. Young dogs, too. They're young guys. They make me feel Pups. old. But, yeah, they – so, speaking of swapping pickers, right, we saw – you see the, the chips start to fall come playoff time, especially at certain teams where teams get in and teams don't. We saw it with the crew chief swap at Penske, and we saw it with Gibbs. You know, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to do because the 20 team is not a bad team. But the 54 is the best in, in the sport at well, the moment. They, they won the pickery competition in Wilkesburg. And they've just been Dogs fast every year. week. So it's like, how do you leave that sit on the bench during the playoffs? 
how dejected would you be if I've been you drove there. a 20 all year? I've been there, right? How do you it's, feel? It's part of it. So why are they moving them? Why are they putting Ty Gibbs pit crew with Seabell? Because they're just the best and in-house. So you can't leave, you can't leave your best team. They consistently are just smoking everybody. 54s is it right now. And the 20 has struggled with consistency a little bit. And they're they're not, like I said, they can go. They they can go probably replace five or six teams that are in the playoffs right now and be better than them. It's just, unfortunately, the team that's not in the playoffs in their own organization is the best team in the sport at the moment. Could any of those guys, the 20 guys, go to – the 45 or the 23? I don't know if that alliance works like that. Because um, I know Denny's developing his own guys, but they train at Gibbs, right? Yeah, the they train at Gibbs. the pickers on the 45 have been That's a muddy. That's, a, that's kind of a muddy, murky thing. I think they have access to their backups. But, like, the guys on the 45 and the, the 23, they're all veteran guys that have that have done it. And, yeah, they've had their woes throughout the year. But they're guys that have you know, had deep playoff runs before. They're also, you know, the same team. Like like you said, you don't trust their pick crew because it like highlights what happened in Michigan. Yeah. So that's, it's, you know, we can go through it case by case. Like even though Hendrick, Hendrick's two best teams are the 24 and the five, they're both in the playoffs. The nine cars race for a championship. So you're not going to mess with anything like that. But even if the 48 team, right, if there's one guy on there, that's like, their shining star in the company, they'll swap him out with somebody. It doesn't have to be a full team, right? You can kind of pick and choose to make teams stronger. And this is where pit crew coaches and, you know, general managers, department heads are going to have a hard time. Like, okay, who do we put where? I think the, I think one of the interesting teams as well as JGR, they've made the swap is RCR, right? The eight team, they've had some turnover in their tire changers on the eight car. They have, Really young guys on there now, but they have the three who was one of the best teams all year last year and is, I would say, by far their best team at RCR. They're out of the playoffs. So do they put them with the eight? But then it's not all, it's also not everything you see over the wall, too. Do they get along with the road crew guys? How's the chemistry there? What's that going to be like? You you just don't swap guys out and, and it'd be. How much of an adjustment is it going from? Call it three obscure races, two left, two backward stops, and then Daytona's, you know, mostly fuel only right side tires to probably the most heavy burden track that we go to in terms of pit road. Well, three of them in a row, right? Yeah. You're going to do 10, 12 pit stops this weekend. You're going to do seven next week in Kansas. You'll make you, you might do 10 in, in Bristol. Yeah. Like you could do. Hell, you could do 30 pit stops in the next three weeks. And it's, you know, you don't, you haven't done that in the last five. And hell, half of them been backwards, but it's tough. You know, you got to lock in. And you've done zero. And I've done zero. I've just been watching. So it's, it's tough, though. And it's tough when you come back and you don't do something for a little while. Like you, you probably feel it too. You're like, hell, do I remember how to do this? Oh, I mean, self doubt creeps in for yeah, but, lunch. But it's just, you know, it's, you have to just lean on, what you put in the the work you put in to preparing, right? That's why you go to practice. But you said something interesting before, like how do you deal with the Monday morning after Daytona when your car doesn't make the playoffs or your car makes the playoffs and you get the phone call, hey man, you're out, right? Like, like what happened with Jeremy Bowens? Like I've had that phone call from Jeremy, like hey, we're making a swap here, and it's just part of the sport. 
and I, and I think the older you get and the longer you're around, you realize that no matter how good the guys are around you, no matter how good of friends you are with the driver or how long you feel like you've been somewhere, being on a race team is, a fi- it's finite, For right? Sure. And it's, it's not going to last forever and you're going to have to change hats. You're going to have to change crew shirts. You're going to have to change teams and people you work with. My rule for it is be mad for a day. Like if you want to be mad, be mad for a day, call your friends, vent, bitch about it. And then the next day, keep it moving over it back to work. Right. And if you feel like you want to keep doing this for a living, you better figure out how next year, you're the guy getting called up if your car doesn't make the playoffs. Yeah, that's right. And that's how, you know, there, there's people that are always collateral damage that, hey, we're moving the whole team, that maybe they're good enough to be on the team, but that's just part of the sport, dude. It's professional sports. So it's tough, but yeah, so a lot, the of, a lot of decisions. Week? Oh, see, it was pretty mild week on pit road. Yeah. But exit four in Charlotte, when I got a flat tire on my way home... <laughs> Felt like a dog from Savannah. This dog named Anthony came up and brought me. A, he went home and got a jack <laughs> and brought it back. Yes. So no. Anthony from Charlotte on exit four, for like real? some broke down gas station there, is dog of the week. Let's freaking go! Shout out to Anthony. Yeah, I'm. I'm. How'd that go down? I was just driving down seventy seven with like a little bit of. Fa, 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 fa. I'm like, babe, I believe we got a flat. Which which tire? Right rear. Okay. And I pull off the road, and I'm like, yep, okay. Get out my little owner's manual, <laughs> my little jack. Jack this, get the old tire out from behind the license plate. Yep. Jack this thing up. Rolls off the jack. I'm like, damn it. I do this for a living. <laughs> and this guy comes up to me. He's like, hey, man, you're going to want to. He's like guiding me how to change a tire. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm like, just like, yep, I'm not. Here I am. Just spent, lug rant. What do you mean a dude a, walks we, up? Were you on the highway? I was in a gas station. Oh, He's like, okay. you're going to want to do this. I Granted, we walked around Savannah. I got like white shoes on, a white shirt. Oh, I'm sure you did not look like a tire I changer. don't look like a dog at this moment, <laughs> right? I look, look like, like a, a guy that needs like a poodle. Some, I look like a guy that's in distress. Next gen got you all messed up. You only do one lug yep, now. I know. So, and then that had seven, which when we were changing <laughs> five lug nuts, I was more apt to hit seven. But, uh, <laughs> but. Yeah, so it was kind of in my wheelhouse. Yeah. I said, hey, man, I used to hit seven lug nuts for a living. Every week. But I didn't, like, I was like, man, thanks. And he drove home, and you know those little bottle jacks? They yeah. don't like to work real well. He went and got his jack, came back and helped me out when I was wrapping up. So God, What a dog. Thanks to Anthony. I don't even know give if he listens a, to the show or not, but hey. I'm thanks, sure he, Anthony. I'm sure he doesn't. Well, give, it, give us a description. What does he look like? Uh, short white dude. All right. Yeah. He was Bald, cool. hair, mustache. He looked like a NASCAR fan. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, he. I don't know. Drove a blue pickup truck. Dark features? No, just big nose. Just a dude. I'm just, trying to picture him. In my head. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, you're lucky. I remember his name was Anthony. All right, cool. Yeah, Anthony from Charlotte. Dog of the week. Yeah, what a stuff. Jack man. Let's freaking go. Yep. So would give him a job as a Jack man any day, just from his help. But going this weekend to Darlington, I'm I'm pretty excited because it's just one of those. The Southern 500 is one of those races where it's like. It feels special, like this past weekend did, right? It's a different, it's a different feeling. It. It's not a game seven feeling, but it's like okay, the it's real now, right? If you drop the car without a lug nut on it and have to back up, and you're one of those top sixteen guys, it's on TV. It counts, right? You're not just sweeping that under the rug like you would at Dover, 
everything counts. Everything's on the line. A lot of room to work. Darlington's one of our longest pit roads. So it's going to be, I feel like with how long that pit road is there, it's really on the drivers for rolling speed. Qualifying is going to be super important to make sure you get a good pit stall. It's kind of broken up into like islands there. Uh, so you, you definitely want to want to be in a good spot where you can kind of be away from the cars you're racing. So you have clean in and outs. But even if there's a car in front of you, the pit, stall, pit stalls are big enough where you can kind of put a good body of work down. So I'm excited to see who's bringing their best to Darlington and moving forward. We're all going to find out this weekend. On Pit Road, ladies and gentlemen, the first playoff race kicks off at Darlington. we got some Penny for Your Thoughts questions coming up from Danielle right after the break. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. All right, guys, time for Penny for your thoughts. We have good questions this week coming from some fans at NASCAR 7. Ryan, do pit crew guys work other jobs? That is a good question, and I think it it depends on kind of what series you're in. A lot of the guys in Xfinity or truck that, that pit on the weekends are more weekend warriors that work sometimes on the race car have their own businesses when you get more into like the bigger cup teams like the guys at gibbs a lot of those guys just pit um and they focus on on pit stops some of them have some hot side hustles that they do uh when you go to like a team like store Haas, all those guys work in the shop they have them to where they you know do different jobs in the shop like daniel smith the rear changer for the four cars the head the, the you know the head welder at at Stuart Haas. Mm. hendrick those guys are all just just athletes. So some of them do have other jobs. Like I, I have a business uh, flow coding powder coat shop that I run. But guys, you know, I, I couldn't go there and work 40 hours with how much you have to put into being a pit crew guy. The first thing has to be the first thing. And at the end of the day, we feed our family off of the money we make doing pit stops. But yeah, if I was you know on, a, on an Xfinity car now where we practice like once a week, I, I would be more apt to have, so you know, there's, a, a bigger a bigger side hustle. If there's, can, let's just say, 30 pit crew, 30 teams, 36 teams, let's just say 30 teams for math, five guys on a pit crew, 150 guys. How many, what's the percentage of those guys that only pit solely? 75 cup guys, yeah, 75. And then I would say like. So half. Like a lot of them don't. Like a lot of them don't have like you don't you can't have another full time job, but like Justin Reisman, the gasman on the twenty one, he pits in the morning and then works for Bank of America in the afternoon. So he's got like a big boy job, hmm. and he's a banker or something. Opening money does, market but, accounts. Yeah, fuel but, cup cars on the weekend. But there's guys dog. that you know. But he's a gas man, right? <laughs> Financial. He's, dog. he's a gas man. So like, how much does he really have to <laughs> he's do? He's not working you know very I mean? hard, but still, you know, but, smart uh, dog. But yeah, I'd say I'd say seventy five percent, and then. Probably five or ten percent like own their own business or have their own side hustles and 
some you know some guys do real estate but it's hard you can't have a full-time job and pit yeah you can't hold open houses on the weekends it'd be tough yeah. it'd be tough no not on sundays mobius spider asks after priest's accident do you feel as a driver so this is for you Corey, that super speedway should have any grass removed due to higher risk of going airborne that's been a topic of conversation this week um as you saw in the 41 went transitioned from as you sliding sideways on the asphalt and then when the he transitioned to the grass it packed another three or four inches underneath that car and just flipped it over like a top so that's been a topic of conversation the driver's chat to try to get nascar to pave it particularly in the back stretch you know and, and they probably have some some reasons as to why there's a little bit of grass but i could imagine that everybody's going to be on board with trying to mitigate those types of crashes crashes are brutal and i don't think the 41 goes for a ride like that if it's all asphalt he might get upside down but he's not pirouetting six times so if it's in the driver's chat and you guys are asking nascar to remove it do you guys organize through the driver's council and like a jeff burton brings that to them yep is that how it works yep and and a lot of times stuff that we're already talking about as drivers and drivers uh, either in the driver advisory council, NASCAR's already the ball is rolling a bit, and we just kind of nudge them more in that direction at a faster pace. So it's not like NASCAR sitting on their hands and just saying, "Well, that's just part of racing." That's not how they. That's not how they usually. Yeah. Uh, approach. It's not how they ever approach anything when it comes to safety and to try to make the car stay on the ground. That's their their number one objective. When a car gets upside down, they it's all hands on deck to figure out why and what can they do to to prevent it yeah and elton sawyer was on sirius xm and was asked about the grass specifically and said they're absolutely looking at it so yeah and removing it as an option it's on the table um good question last one race fans burner asks if i'm not mistaken every next gen flip so far has been a ford just a coincidence or could there be some aero component that makes one type of body more prone to going airborne it's an interesting observation um then there's been three the 21. The 21 at, at Daytona 500, first mm-hmm. race. The 17 at the Coke 600 when the right front dug into the, the storm yeah. drain. That wasn't an aero issue. That was just a ill-placed drain with a broken right front suspension. And then this week. So I think that's just a coincidence. No, I know that's just a coincidence. Yeah. Okay. If you guys have questions, these are good ones. The boys like to like to answer them uh, at X. Is that what we have to say now? Not Twitter anymore? I don't know. Everything I, everything I read, it's it's on X, formerly known as Twitter. Oh, okay. Corey loves if you guys TikTok. have questions, go to X, <laughs> formerly known as Twitter. Uh, submit your question using the hashtag Penny for your thoughts. I, I thought it was interesting earlier talking about the flip that you guys, that they were like, I'm going to take it easy now. Because if I saw a flip, if I saw a car flip like that and then he got out and be like, oh, I ain't getting hurt. Yeah, for let's sh- go for sure. I would have been the other way. Yeah, so I mean, kudos to NASCAR and D because it is a thankless job. Those guys, John Probst, John Padalek, uh, do over there at the R and D Center, but they have put a lot of effort and they put a lot of money spent. NASCAR has collectively for the frontal crash, cr- crash test to redesign the rear clips to do a yeah. lot of work around the driver's comp- compartment in terms of uh, strengthening the door bars, strengthening that that particular corner on the A post that hit the grass first with, with Priest was the area that was the weakest with the old car, and it's taken a ton of damage. And luckily, our guy walked out good. So uh, I think 
NASCAR and you gets golf clap. Oh, yeah, golf clap. Man. Thanks for keeping us safe, guys. Uh, cover Penny Stacker of the Week, Virgil. Shout out to you, buddy. Thanks for coming this weekend. Hope you had fun. Hope you guys had fun listening to it this Hope you guys had fun listening to us this week. Make sure you tune in to Spare Change this weekend leading into the Southern 500. Gosh, I'm excited about that. Just gives me goosebumps, goosebumps just talking about it. Make sure you guys also like, download, share, rate, review. Give us five stars. Do everything. Tell your mama about us. We'll be here. because we Follow are, on Instagram. Follow on Instagram now. Great yeah. point. Yeah. At We're Stacking Pennies. <laughs> We got stuff going on left and right, guys. Listen we, to spare change. I already said that. Damn, okay. I'm not Anything listening Anything else to I'm you. forgetting? No, because I'm over. Cheer for the 12 car. And then cheer for me, too. But oh. 12 cars in the playoffs. <laughs> so you got your playoff choice, and then you got your non-playoff choice. And we're going to be loaded for bear going to Darlington Raceway this weekend. See you there. This is Stack and Pennies presented by Mobile One. Goodbye.